This is the Brain Chip Podcast. Hear from our thought leaders about neuromorphic computing, beneficial AI, and how BrainChip's Akita is pushing AI to the edge. This podcast is a place for investors, practitioners, and anyone interested in the future of AI. Hi, all. I'm Rob Telson, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at BrainChip. Welcome and thank you for joining our eighth episode of our BrainChip podcast series. Today's podcast is structured to provide our new and current listeners a path to better understand AI and its broad ecosystem. For those that are new to our podcast series, please take time to listen to our other episodes by going to our website and our Learn tab at our website at www.brainchip.com. Today, we will continue with our outside looking in theme by continuing to venture in the AI ecosystem. I'm joined by someone who has a deep appreciation for what machine learning and AI can achieve. Jem Davies, ARM Fellow, Vice President, and General Manager of ARM's Machine Learning Group. Jem has nearly two decades experience at ARM in the mobile, embedded, and consumer electronics fields. Prior to starting the Machine Learning Group, he worked on the CPU architecture team and led technology on the GPU and multimedia side of ARM's business. Jem, on behalf of BrainChip and our listeners, thank you very much for being with us today. Hi, Rob. Well, thank you very much for having me. Personally, what makes this podcast exciting for me, Jem, is that I truly respect what you have accomplished at ARM and what you are currently doing in the space of AI with the ARM technology, driving ARM's technology from sensors to servers. It's a huge task, but if anyone can do it, it's you. So, Jim, why don't you take a moment and provide our listeners with a bit of background on yourself? So, I've led our machine learning group at ARM for about four years. But as you remember about ARM, what I really love about it is that we underpin most of the compute in the modern world. And of course, compute's always changing. So, as compute changes, we change with it. And machine learning is a mammoth change. And I'm lucky enough to be at the heart of it. Now, one of the things that people might not appreciate is where ARM sits in the supply chain. A lot of people get this confused. We make designs which are then implemented into silicon chips by our semiconductor partners, which are then put into consumer devices, which are then shipped to consumers, and that all takes a long time. So we have to think about technology many, many years before it's relevant to the average person. And ARM is great at developing technologies that become really popular in the industry. I remember being interviewed about our overnight success in graphics, but in reality, that volume shipping of devices containing our GPU came nearly 10 years after we started working on graphics. And that's similar to what we've done with AI and around machine learning. We started thinking about it years and years ago, and you can see the benefits of that early thinking. As several years ago, we introduced CPUs that had specific improvements to enable more and more AI, dot product instructions, more vector processing capabilities, et cetera, et cetera, long before we introduced processes dedicated and specialized for running machine learning. Thanks, Jim. You highlighted some key points and, and something that our listeners will appreciate that you, you, you emphasized is that the introduction of technology, it takes time before it's relevant to the average person. And so that being said, you know, I, I just curious, um, I used to know this number, but how many ARM processors are in devices today or a guesstimate? 
uh, I should know this more accurately. Last time I looked, it was 160, 180 yeah. billion chips, something like that. Yeah, we so did 25 billion chips, or rather we didn't. Of course, we do nothing. Our partners made 25 billion chips last year. Yeah, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So let's take a look at this. From your perspective, how do you see AI evolving over the next three to five years? Well, we've been enabling AI or ML for nearly a decade now as on-device machine learning has been running on our CPUs. For example, smartphones today don't have a dedicated accelerator. Most smartphones don't have a dedicated accelerator. 85% of smartphones are running ML workloads on CPUs only or on CPUs and GPUs. And so as ARM is the leader in this market, for 4 billion people, AI runs on ARM today. But we are seeing demand for AI on devices increasing massively. And in that time frame, we're going to see a, a new wave of AI devices. And so we've enhanced our ML support on all of ARM's processes, including CPUs and GPUs, to deliver significant improvements in ML performance and efficiency compared to previous generations. And we've developed neural network processing units, or NPUs, dedicated to running machine learning. And those are tuned to deliver the needs of the diverse range of machine learning workloads to give us the broadest range of processor solutions for the age of AI, because we see it going everywhere into all devices. Our semiconductor partners need this scalability and flexibility to develop the purpose-built systems they need to run ML in their markets. And of course, that's what ARM does. You remember, different computing problems need different mixes of computing components. And we see very clearly that one size does not fit all. For example, down in IoT, cheap, low power, accurate sensors are becoming commonplace. So many IoT devices need to interpret their worlds around them and that massive amounts of sensor data. And to interpret that, a combination of Cortex-M profile cores and the Ethos U55 micro NPU, which we've just released, is perfect down there. In other systems, partners are increasingly combining many large CPUs with GPUs, NPUs, small CPUs, and their own IP to generate the right computing solutions for them, for their market. And the pervasive growth that we see over the next three to five years in ARM-based intelligent endpoints I think is going to be staggering as demand for intelligence grows across the wide range of markets that ARM's partners serve, from tiny sensors right up to the world's largest and most powerful supercomputer. I, I really believe we're just scratching the surface of what's possible. ML is, is everywhere in endpoint devices, and it's going to really open up the future. Yeah, I have to tell you, that's the exciting part of what we're talking about when it comes to, to AI and machine learning. Uh, we're just we're just scratching the surface. And this is this is just a blast, and you know, and I get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so in the next five years, uh, what do you think will be the two or three most prevalent problems being solved? Well, I think it's a, a, a change in the way people are solving it is going to be big. The initially centralized nature of AI, sending massive amounts of data to the cloud, is rapidly changing now as AI moves to the edge and the endpoint. And this is driven by the laws of physics, the laws of economics, and in some places, the laws of the land. And this drives the need for new efficiencies 
in power consumption, in bandwidth and silicon cost, creating new innovation opportunities around edge and endpoint solutions. And we're seeing that the days of general purpose hardware have given way to specialized compute solutions that developers can use to tune their solutions for their products. I mean, a good example is voice recognition. Companies struggled for decades on the problem, and the best you could get was systems where the, you know, the human response was a simple yes or no. And of course, everybody who used one of these things, you know, who's old enough to remember them, we hated them. But actually, between 2010 and 2015, research in neural networks came along that has allowed far more complex responses. And these are starting to become mainstream. And as they work better and better, they're becoming more widely accepted. It's the new normal. So we're now moving to a place where voice recognition is becoming ubiquitous. By 2024, we estimate there will be 8.4 billion voice recognition chips that cost less than a dollar. The world population by then will be just past 8 billion or so. So for every person talking, there'll be a chip that can understand and reply reasonably intelligently. And I think that opens up amazing possibilities. Now, can I see exactly what those possibilities are? No, but actually I don't need to. ARM's partners will do that based on our technology. And a lot of the prevalent problems are being solved now over those period of time you talk about are the three Vs, vision, voice, and vibration. You know, most of us intuitively understand the first two, but the third is going to be absolutely massive in industry, probably not so publicly. Uh, we are in complete agreement that the third V, vibration, will be absolutely massive in industry, not as is upfront and visible, but something that will, will be very impactful. Uh, how do you see the demand for edge AI evolving over the next five years? It, it, it's hard to predict exactly where it's going, but I can confidently predict massive expansion because every time somebody applies machine learning techniques to so-called classical problems, we are seeing better results for, for many values of the word better. And edge AI is about enabling processing closer to where the data is generated that needs to be interpreted. It's the logical, sensible, economic place to do that. And as I've already mentioned, moving from cloud to local devices reduces bandwidth, latency, costs, and energy, and it also delivers significant security benefits. So actually, I think it's inevitable. I'm, I'm really confident in this prediction because I think you know there's so much forcing that to come true. For example, a full HD camera streaming to the cloud would fill a terabyte disk drive in about 24 hours. So if you stream hundreds of millions of those cameras to a data center up in Seattle, the internet will simply break. Throw in voice on top of that, and the problem is just intractable. It, it, it can't be done. So it has to be processed locally on device wherever it is you know, reasonably possible for it to be done that way. And of course, I mentioned energy efficiency, and this is core to ARM's technology and pretty much everything we do as a company. I mean, last month, we announced joining RE100, a renewable energy initiative where businesses commit towards 100% renewable energy. And ARM's goal is to be net zero carbon by 2030, 20 years ahead of the 2050 target outlined by the United Nations uh, Paris Climate Agreement. But at the moment, replacing classical solutions with ML solutions may certainly in many cases does give better results. 
but it currently tends to increase the computational demands and thus energy consumption. So that's a big worry. And our recent focus, and we think the market's focus will follow on, is shifting to more efficient AI algorithms, AI optimization tools, and specialized processes tuned for efficient AI. So for example, last year, we released the Cortex M55 CPU and Ethos U55 micro NPU for enhancing ML processing in these IoT devices. And using these two processes combined, our partners are getting a 50 up, 50x uplift in performance, but a 25x uplift in efficiency. So it's really helping that consumption of energy. And yeah, in the long term, while ML uses a lot of energy to create the necessary models and algorithms to deliver these efficiencies, and it's certainly premature, I think, to hang energy reduction on machine learning, but my view is that ML will continue to be optimized and ultimately its use can drive down energy consumption and help decarbonize compute. Yeah, looking at the amount of data currently driven to the cloud, and the demands moving forward, it's not just camera and voice and the data being streamed today, as you highlighted, but when you look further out, it's really the challenges that it places on emerging technologies, such as the, the evolution of automotive and unmanned vehicles and, and in healthcare. You know, for our listeners, I really want to emphasize AI at the edge is truly in its infancy, but the demand and need to have an efficient and effective ecosystem with the infrastructure in place is critical as this all comes together. So when looking at specific applications at the edge, what markets will be addressed in the short term, let's say midterm three to five years and longer term outlook, let's say 10 years. Yeah, I always get worried at 10 years, but you know, for consumers, the golden age of AI is on us now and in the short term. More intelligence, touchless personal assistance, wherever you are and whatever you're interacting with, is going to save you time and money and certainly frustration. Midterm, for engineers and developers, AI and ML are being used to revolutionize how we design the AI and ML solutions themselves. Uh, we've started this at, at, at ARM already in our validation technologies. And for companies, AI and ML powered data analysis are going to transform businesses and transform customer experiences by delivering new insights faster and more intelligently. Your 10 years longer term, well, normally I'd say only fools predict out 10 years, but actually given that changes in healthcare take place so slowly, I will take a punt on this one. I think AI will radically transform healthcare over that period. Just take a simple example of hearing aids. I mean, simply amplifying sounds isn't the solution, but ML algorithms can balance sounds ensuring the sound is clean and ideally tuned to the person's unique type of hearing loss, allowing the brain to work in the most natural way possible. If you want something to pick out speech, we can pick out speech. And beyond that, the massive knowledge advantages of AI techniques are gonna be used to augment the highly skilled professionals to transform healthcare and improve outcomes. So I think this difference between skills and knowledge is gonna to come to the fore in, in, in healthcare. And it has the capacity to do that, not just for the richer, more developed countries, but much wider. And I think that's, I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It, it's extremely exciting to think about, as you mentioned, we, we, we have different uh, countries at different levels and some are developed and some aren't, but, but um, you know, AI doesn't discriminate. 
So with technology, yeah. we're, we're able to, to accomplish a lot. And with that, I think Jim, you can use AI to leverage those skills. You can spread those skills wider. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's going to be when we look further out and, you know, yeah, 10 years is, is, is far out, but 10 years from now, I, I think the, the impact is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on beneficial AI and what areas do you think we can all make the most impact on helping society? Well, I think the risks and worries around AI are well rehearsed, so I, I, won't, I won't go there. But energy efficiency and environment stroke sustainability are, are two areas that I believe can significantly benefit from AI. While it can use a lot of power, deployed intelligently, okay, sorry for the pun, it can be used to reduce power overall. We're seeing AI become prevalent in industry and consumer electronics and for projects that make the world a better place. And new use cases are regularly being discovered to create new solutions or improve old technologies to develop those energy efficiencies. And I'll give you a couple of examples of each. In the consumer space, we've got an arm partner called Archlick, who's a major appliance manufacturer in Turkey. And you probably don't know this, I certainly didn't, but your refrigerator is the second biggest home energy consumer. 13% of total energy consumed in a household. And this company has developed a lightweight reinforcement learning algorithm that analyzes behavior locally on device to minimize temperature fluctuations when the doors are opened. You know, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But this system can reduce 10% of the power used in this appliance in an otherwise unmodified appliance. So hypothetically, you scale that out, you could shut down nine entire power plants across Europe with widespread deployment. And you think, well, that's that's pretty impressive. That's, you know, that's making a mark. And I, I, I sort of hinted at this before. I think the uh, industrial applications are going to be much less visible, much less sexy, um, but incredibly important. Industrial pumps. Let's get really exciting. Industrial pumps use 10% of the world's electricity. 90% of them are inefficient, according to one of the leading manufacturers. Believe it or not, if industrial pumps were a nation, they'd rank third in worldwide consumption. Uh, yeah, okay, let's put, put on some remote monitoring and tweak it up. And Well, only about one in 36,000 of these pumps are, are currently connected to anything. But local AI control systems, just like the fridge I talked about, could reduce energy consumption by 15 to 20%. And you multiply all this lot up, and the Grundfos estimates that achieving this would make a global energy saving of 2%. I think that's seriously cool. Going to really changing the world now, um, Arm run a campaign called Made Possible, and it spotlights the use of arm technology to change the world for good. And this one I love, Rainforest Connection. It's a not-for-profit tech startup that uses sound and machine learning to monitor the rainforest. And the project's based in Indonesia, working with local groups. And what they do is they recycle old phones in waterproof devices and deploy them on the tops of trees powered by solar panels. And these devices have a powerful microphone that listens to forest sounds 24-7. Turns out forests are really noisy places. And, you know, they are doing monitoring 24-7 to pick out these sounds, which could be threats chainsaws, gunshots, motorcycles, logging trucks. 
and it uses the ARM technology and the GPUs in those old mobile phones to analyze the audio as it comes in. And if the noise is concerning, it's sent to the cloud and then sent back to locals to investigate, you know, potentially unauthorized activities going on in the forest. And, you know, that's just one example of where ML can be deployed for good. And I'm confident that in time, we'll see many more amazing ARM powered innovations like this doing great things. You know, I have to tell you, it's amazing how many different applications and challenges we're, we're going to be addressed are going to be addressed and, and will solve. But listening to those those three examples there, they're completely off spectrum from each yeah. other. Refrigerators, pumps in the rainforest. And again, we I, I've, I've emphasized it a couple of times and you've mentioned it as well. We are scratching the surface. Yeah. And that's we're what, just getting started. And that's what that's what makes this fun. And as you said, it, uh, you know, okay, here's my favorite question. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you could be one superhero, who would it be? And if you had one AI superpower, what would it be? Well, I suspect some of my colleagues would uh, suggest the Hulk, given that they try to avoid annoying me. Um, but maybe Catwoman? Cats are cool. I like cats. The AI superpower I'm really keen on is the capacity to make things better. Um, there are lots of entirely justifiable concerns about using it for bad, but the many ways of using it to make the world a better place, they seem pretty much like superpowers to me. You know, I would never have come up with those inventions we've talked about, but I, I really believe that you know, there's going to be more of that. Healthcare, reducing power, carbon emissions, you name it. Uh, I've come across an AI-powered artificial nose that can sniff out cancer and other diseases. I mean, come on, that's pretty close to a superpower, isn't it? So, yeah, I'll go with those. Yeah, I, okay, Catwoman. All right, that, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot. Um, and, yeah, I guess uh, cats have an incredible sense of smell. And yeah. as you just highlighted before, you know, um, yeah, uh, an artificial nose, uh, you know, through VOCs, cancer detection is possible. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So th this this is good stuff. But uh, Jim, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your insight and feedback. Uh, it's truly appreciated. You're doing amazing things at ARM, and and you guys are, you know, blazing ahead. And and we truly appreciate that as we we just uh, you know impact the the tip of this, this iceberg here when it comes to AI and machine learning. For those that have not spent time on the BrainChip YouTube platform, do yourself a favor and subscribe to the BrainChip Inc. channel on YouTube. Take a look at our demo videos and our application videos. Also, keep up to date on all of our activities by subscribing to our channel on Twitter at BrainChip underscore Inc. On behalf of the BrainChip team, we want to thank all of our listeners and everyone truly interested in learning more about AI and the ecosystem. We truly appreciate all of your passion and support. Our podcast series will continue next month. Until our next podcast, we wish everyone to stay healthy, happy, and most importantly, stay out of trouble. Thanks for listening to the BrainChip Podcast. Please remember to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform.